Welcome to another episode of The Student Manager. It's your host, Michael Fong, and we are here helping high school students and parents with the college search and admission process and joining us from Columbus, CBUS. He's a senior in his fourth year at Ohio State, Michael Adamo from Cuyahoga Heights, Ohio. What's up, Michael? How are you doing? Michael, good to hear from you. Pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. No problem. It's March Madness, and I know you are balancing all your academics. You are a poli-sci major as well as a psychology major, double major, and you are about to head out to Indianapolis as the Buckeyes enter the Big Ten tournament for basketball. How's that about to go? You got that right. I'm excited. We leave tomorrow, play on Thursday. We'll have the winter of Minnesota and Penn State. I, I see bright things in our future, so I'm excited to get out there. I'm, I'm ready for the guys to go out there and compete. And, you know, in your last 10 games, the Buckeyes are five and five. You have one of the, I think the Big Ten alone can have probably an All-American team, one of them being EJ Liddell. Uh, EJ is a great player. And you guys, the Big Ten, I I was supposed to be out there in Indianapolis. As I told you, my daughter goes to Wisconsin. And there's probably four or five teams out there that any one of them can win it, including you guys, meaning win it the Big Ten tournament. That uh, and obviously you're going to the NCAA tournament, but the Big Ten tournament is up for grabs. Yes, you're absolutely right there. And uh, you kind of talked about us being five and five in our last ten, but the Big Ten is just a slog. And you know we had a COVID pause earlier in the year, so then we got schedules backed up. We ended up playing, I don't know the exact number, but something to the effect of four games in eight days or something like that. So it wears down on you, but you know, we'll get some rest, get some guys back, hopefully, and. Uh, Hopefully we make a run because there's a lot of tough teams, like you said, but I think that I think that we're one of them. We can beat anyone on our day. So I'm excited for this week. I'm excited for uh, excited for Indy. And we'll talk about basketball later on in this podcast as a student listening or even as a parent listening. Those that may want to just go into any university or the Ohio State uh, participate and be part of a program. Yes, you can do that or you can just, uh, you know, go academically. But what got you to go to Ohio State and actually be a student manager? Um, well, so I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, so it was kind of it's kind of an easy choice, actually. I've kind of just been a Buckeye for life. Um, I looked at a couple other schools coming out, um, but the way things broke, it was kind of an easy choice for me, Ohio State. And then as far as the student manager thing goes, it was actually just a little coincidence. My, my cousin was good friends with one of the exist, one of the managers at the time. And she said, I, I'd played basketball in high school. And um, so she told me, she's like, hey, like, is this something you're interested in? Like, this is the guy to talk to. So I gave him a call. And then for the next, you know, I'm interviewing my first week on campus. And then 10 days into campus, I'm starting workouts. So where life took me and I, I couldn't be happier. It's been it's been a great four years. Now, for those that are listening, you might say, okay, well, am I going to be on a scholarship? Am I going to get paid? Is there going to be a stipend? When I was a student manager at Long Beach State, I did get tuition and books paid for. And every manager, every program is different. So those that are listening uh, that are thinking about it at any type of program or even Ohio State, are you getting some type of stipend? Are you getting some type of financial aid? Uh, well, yeah, like you alluded to, um, every school is a little bit different, but here at Ohio State, um, they do seniors, they do senior scholarships. So these seniors get a, they get a nice scholarship for autumn and fall or, uh, excuse me, autumn and spring semester, of their senior year. So that's as being a senior uh, this year, I had received that. 
And then in your previous three years, you might not be getting partial or some of the scholarship, but there are some other perks. So tell me some of the perks that you most enjoy and that, that it, there's a reason why you, you know, if you're going to be a student manager, here's some of the stuff you get. Yeah. Well, um, obviously the, the big one is for, I myself, I want to go to law school. So this is, this isn't the path I want to pursue, but there's a lot of the other student managers who want to work in, you know, they want to be a GA, a graduate assistant for those who don't know for a college program somewhere, or they want to work in college sports in some capacity in that way. So for them, it's a great opportunity to network, to kind of get your feet wet in the door. But then even beyond that, there's a ton of benefits. You know, we get a ton of clothes. One of the biggest ones is, you know, after every practice, we have catered meals. So then the players come through and eat first, obviously, but then we're getting dinner every day after practice, a couple meals a day on game day. And so that's just kind of some of the uh, the nitty gritty stuff you do. But then obviously, even in addition to all that, it's just a cool job. You know, you get to travel, you get to watch practice every day, you're on the bench for games. So there's even if you're not getting paid in uh, money per se or a scholarship per se your first couple of years, it is still well worth it in my eyes. Right. And like you said, you're going to grad school after you are a poli sci major and also psychology. Did you ever change your major at Ohio State or was that what you went into? I did not. I um, I kind of always knew that that law school was what I wanted to do. So political science was a great foundation for that. It's what I you know, from summer orientation, from summer orientation on, it's what I knew I was going to do. And then I added the psychology major my freshman year, just as a way to kind of supplement that and learn more about the, uh, the way people make decisions. And because, you know, that's obviously something very helpful for a lawyer and someone who is going to be making decisions in the future. Great thinking in terms of mindset with that poli sci psychology major. I know some people I've talked to at Gaston and they say, you know, some students are changing their majors throughout their college process. And I'll tell anyone listening that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you major in as long as you start something and you finish something. And here's Michael, the key point, and you kind of alluded to him and, and being part of a basketball program uh, helps you on the right path. It's networking. It's who you know. Right. Uh, and I'm going to say, since you've been there What's probably some of the biggest connections you've made that you think is going to help you into your next step? Well, I mean, obviously, I, you know, I rub hands with a lot of a lot of important people every day. I mean, all of our assistant coaches have been great. Um, some of them headed on to other jobs. Our one of our lead assistant, Ryan Peden, actually just got a head coach job at Illinois State. But then so obviously you have those guys, all the video coordinators, the program assistants. I mean, these are all people who are young. And they're going on to great things in life. So just to kind of get the opportunity to talk to them, make friends with them, um, it's really helpful. And then in addition to that, it's the other student managers. Um, I mean, I work with a bright and talented group of people. And I know every single one of these guys is going on to do great things in life. So to have these guys as, you know, the dudes who I came to practice with for six hours a day and, you know, really spent my college with, it's, it's an awesome group of friends to have and a network that I know I'll lean on in the future. It's that bonding. It's that brotherhood. But now for those that are listening, they're going to say, well, why would I do that? I want to go and enjoy the social life. I want to go out and party and, 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 and have a real college experience. And you're someone to talk to because you're part of the Greek system too, correct? I'm not. I'm not. Okay. That was, you know what? And, and that's my bad because that was another student manager that I had. So I'm going to, I'm going to segue. How do you balance? How do you do that social life? Is there social life being a student manager 
at Ohio State where you're able to go out and and get involved, experience a football game day, go out and go to some of the bars. Let's talk about that. Oh yeah, and for sure. And I you know, I I myself am not part of Greek life, but we do have there's uh I want to say three other managers, four other managers who are part of Greek life and you know, they're able to balance it. They're able to balance it really well, you know. They can take on their uh obligations to the fraternity as well as to basketball they can manage it no problem but then even for the managers who aren't part of greek life there's still tons of tons of opportunity tons of time to you know to kind of be on your own and do what you want to do and for some people that's drinking and partying whatever that is but for others it's not and there's plenty of times to balance it really and would you say for the ones that are part of the greek system and still a student manager is it, how is their priorities? Are, are they, because when I was at Long Beach State, I was our student manager. I was also in a fraternity, but it went, well, academics, I guess, if you're going to put that forefront, academics, and then it was student <laughs> manager, and then it was being uh, in a fraternity. And if you know me, I love to go a mile a minute, do a lot of things. So I had to be involved. But is there a good balance, would you say? Because someone listening might say, you know what? I'm not going to have time for that or, but you see it and you're, you're hanging out with some of your peers that are not only on the team, but are also in the Greek system. For sure. It's obviously very busy for them, but like I said, these are, these are go-getting guys. These are guys who want to go be involved. Like, like you said about yourself. So the, the pledging semester for them is, it's a little more strenuous. They have, you know, there's a lot going on there with their, their, uh, their duties, if you'll call it that pledging, as with basketball, but they all know, and I speak for them on their part, but I'd, I'd be confident their answer would be the same. They all know where their priority is. And like you said, that's with school first and then basketball second and then Greek life third. And I haven't heard of any problems. I haven't heard of any problems in any of the three domains. They've all been able to balance that really well. So to anyone listening, I would say, you know, if that's your prerogative, go ahead. I mean, as long as you yourself aren't shooting yourself in the foot, then I think you'll be able to make that happen. No problem. So Michael, as a student, you're a fourth year when you were a freshman and sophomore, and I kind of see the transition as I have a junior at university of Washington and a sophomore at university of Wisconsin, your, your first two years, what was the hardest challenge of being at Ohio state and just living on your own balancing academics as well as being part of the basketball team and then your social life? For sure. Well, me personally, um, you know, you, in your intro, you said I came from Cuyahoga Heights, Ohio, and I'll tell you, there's probably no one listening that knows where that is because I came from a really small school. I graduated with 64 people, um, and out of those 64, you know, 50 of them I'd probably been with since kindergarten in the same class. So I came from a really small town, really tight knit, and so then to get on campus to a Big Ten university, I think Ohio State is top five in um, in total student population. I want to say or if not, yes. if not in the top five, they're close. So then kind of coming into this huge ecosystem where there's a ton of people you're meeting, you're meeting new faces every day. You don't recognize 99% of your class besides, you know, the kid you sit next to every day or the kid you were with last semester. That was definitely an adjustment for me, but you know, it's not something too difficult to overcome because I have my friends from basketball, you know, you meet your, you meet your neighbors in the dorm, um, you meet some people from your classes and then you know, your network starts to build and build and all of a sudden, you know, it's back home again. I got my, I got my friends. So, you know, that was, that was probably the biggest adjustment for me, but it was nothing that, you know, ruined your college experience or anything. It was just, it was an adjustment. 
So coming from a high school graduating class of 60, right? You go into these big lecture halls. What was your biggest class? How big are the classes at Ohio State? Give a perspective. Yeah, so I'm actually in the honors program here at Ohio State. So all the honors classes are capped at, I want to say 35 people or somewhere in that range. So I have classes that are small, right? Where, you know, there's 25, 30 people. Some even have less, 15 people. Where, you know, those are the ones you get to know people a lot better. But then, so those are your your major classes, really, at least for me. But then there's also your, you know, your GE classes where you're in a lecture hall. I had, um, I had history of art. 2002, I want to say my sophomore year, and that fills one of the gen ed requirements. And so, you know, that one has a giant lecture hall of 300 people. And I'm, I'm sitting in that lecture hall my first day of <laughs> class thinking, I'm like, this is my entire high school in this building, <laughs> in this room right now. So, you know, for me personally, it, it's a good balance of just the massive classes, the GE classes, and, you know, the smaller, more personal classes. And I think a lot of that boils down to your major classes versus your, your GE classes. So, I would say to anyone coming to Ohio State or any any big school for that matter is just expect the balance and you know kind of kind of learn to work with it. And you talked about the honors program, and I know yes. it's there's so many universities that have honors programs. As I talk to students, as I talk to parents, and they're making their decision because, like right now, right, they're hearing a lot in February. They're hearing a lot in March. Where am I going? Right. Am I um, business direct? Am I honors direct? How tough was it to get in? First of all, Ohio State. You, do you know the missions acceptance rate? I mean, Ohio State is is a hard school to get into. Not not like Ivy League hard, and not right. like I'm going to make fun of your 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 uh, former assistant or someone that's at, at Illinois State. Is that what it is? Yes. You know what ISU stands for, right? I'm totally. This is my my switching topics. ISU, the acronym. I screwed up university. Ugh, <laughs> I won't stand for that. <laughs> so I know I, I'm I apologize for you Redbirds out there. It's just like Iowa State Cyclones. People they they say ISU. What is that? I screwed up university. But for the honors program at Ohio State, how tough is it to get into? Well, I couldn't tell you exactly to be honest. It was just part of the um, application for the school as uh, the school as a whole. So I applied to Ohio State University, you know, just for the the actual university, and then. There was an optional essay. There was an optional essay on top of that. And so I wrote the essay. And then when I was granted admission to the university, they granted admission to the honors program as well. So I, to be completely honest, don't know exactly what goes into that and what that looked like as compared to the university as a whole's admission. But I had I had a pretty good ACT score, pretty good GPA. I, I like to think that I can write pretty well. So I had a couple of factors going for me. Especially if you want to be a attorney and go to law school, writing is a big key part of it. What was your unweighted GPA coming out of high school? This will help give a sense. Oof. I know it was four years ago. <laughs> yeah, you're bringing me down memory lane here. Um, I, my weighted GPA was a 405. Okay. School didn't really emphasize the unweighted GPA too much, but I took I had taken 10 AP classes, um, three or four honors classes on top of that. So. If I had to approximate, I'd say my unweighted was probably close to a 3.6. Okay. I couldn't tell you exactly, though, but my weighted GPA was a 4.05. And did, were you a ACT student or a SAT student? Um, so I took the ACT. I got, a, I got a 34 and a 33 in two tries. And then I took SAT subject tests. I actually applied to Georgetown, and they required the SAT subject tests. Um, so I took math two... 
um, math two, history and English. And I scored 700 plus on each of the subjects. So my test scores were pretty good. You are a great test taker. I have no doubt yes. you will do well in the LSAT. If you scored a 33 and a 34 on the ACT, for those of you listening, remember, anything that starts with a three is phenomenal. And don't be disappointed if you got a 27, 28, or 29 on an ACT because those are amazing scores too, right? The average ACT score in the United States is probably anywhere between a 21 and a 23. So those of you that are listening, again, especially Southern California, anything that starts with a three, even if it's a 30, is amazing. And if you get a 27, 28, and 29, don't be disappointed. Michael, congratulations. Great job on that. Thank you. Now, did you get any scholarships coming out of high school? Yeah, so we had, um, they had merit scholarships coming out kind of attached with the offer of admission and that, um, I got to give Ohio State credit, in-state tuition is very affordable to start. And then that probably knocked off, um, I want to say my total was 5K a semester. Um, So then off of the already 12K tuition or so, give or take, it might be 11. I'm not exactly positive. Um, You know, it was about half tuition. So it was, it, it made coming here very affordable and a very easy choice compared to some of the more expensive schools that uh, I had on the table coming out. And what you just hit on, and I think a lot of students in the last two years out here in Southern California took advantage of going to Ohio State because if you committed, I don't know exactly, don't take my words verbatim, but during the COVID era, they got, if they went to Ohio State, they were able to get the in-state tuition for one year. That's coming out of California, which was huge. Um, we have some yeah. friends that took advantage of that. All right. I know you're right there from Cleveland, right there in Ohio. If it was not <laughs> Ohio State, and we can talk about one of them because you just mentioned it, Georgetown. Um, I, I have some yeah. people that have kids that go to Georgetown. They're going to be coming up as guests because they're freshmen uh, currently in Georgetown. And again, if you want to be on this podcast, you at least have to <laughs> experience one year of college so you know what you're talking about. But what other schools were on your list if it was in Ohio State? Yeah, so it was actually it was actually kind of my dream to go to North Carolina. You know, obviously I work as a student manager now. I've kind of always been in love with college basketball, and I fell I fell in love with North Carolina's basketball team at a really young age. Um, so that was kind of always my dream. But then I had actually gotten rejected there, um, and so after that, it was kind of a easy choice to go to Ohio State. But Georgetown, like you said, I applied to. I got rejected there as well. Um, I applied to Michigan. I got into Michigan, but the scholarships weren't really there. And out of state, it was a lot of money. So, <laughs> and I mean, on top of that, like I said, I'm from Cleveland. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't dare betray my beautiful state of Ohio. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love because, and you use the words I use. So, those of you listening, he uses the words. Let's just give cold, hard, brutal facts. He got rejected from North Carolina, another hard school to get into. He got rejected from Georgetown, and this is a student that had a 33-34 ACT, 3-6 unweighted, probably a 4-0 weighted, took about 10 AP classes, you are going to get rejected. But let's touch on the Michigan because Michigan is another hard school to get into. We call them the sweatshirt yes. brands, Michael. Out here in California, everybody wants to go to a sweatshirt brand university, <laughs> Michigan being one of them, and it's hard to get into. And a lot of it, some students are getting deferred out here, which is a nice, polite way of saying you got rejected and May right. 1st deadline passes, so you're going to have to click that button so their stats you know, don't look right. so bad. 
Did you get deferred from them and then get off the deferred list or wait list? Or did you just get admitted immediately from Michigan? No, as a matter of fact, I did. I got waitlisted. I applied in the fall of my senior year and I got waitlisted. And then they said, send back your send back your fall grades. We'll reevaluate, yada, yada, yada. And so I did. And then um, late, late in the cycle, I, I heard back from them. I had got accepted. But like I said, the scholarship money wasn't really there. So I kind of made the easy choice. So obviously finances and financial aid made an impact on your decision and your parents' decision for college. Right. So those that are listening, I want to take you through that process of he got deferred from Michigan. So what was the additional work? Didn't you, did you, a lot of people are getting deferred or waitlisted and they're asking, well, what can I do? Like, so what are some of the things that you did? Did you submit extra, um, achievements, awards, grades? Did you have to write an additional essay? And was it, if you had to do it all over again, would you do it again? Yeah, no, I absolutely would do it again. I mean, even like I said, getting rejected from North Carolina or Georgetown, I don't regret doing that at all because there's there's worlds where I get in, there's worlds where I don't. So you kind of just have to take that chance and whatever happens, happens. But as far as Michigan goes, no, I didn't. Uh, like I said, I had, I submitted my fall grades like they asked, but beyond that, I didn't I didn't provide any additional materials. It kind of just worked out that that's what they decided to do. So this is Michael's giving great experience and great, great knowledge to parents and students on the process of, right. I didn't get accepted to the school or I did get accepted to the school. So thank you for um, kind of sharing that was four years ago. Now you're at yeah. the Ohio state. Let's go on a lovely tour of Ohio state. Uh, I'm going to assume because now that you're the third guest on here, we're going to start on yeah. the South end, right? Let's start on the South campus. Did you live in, um, did you live in the dorms your freshman year? Sophomore year? Yeah, I live in the dorms my freshman and sophomore year. Um, they have, it's, they changed the requirement. I want to say the year before I got on campus where you actually had to live on the dorms for two years. Um, so, and then I think they revamped that for COVID so they could provide a little more spacing, but I think they're back to that now where you have to live in the dorms for two years. So I lived in the dorms for two years. I actually lived on North campus, but you know, I thought the dorm experience was fine. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's what you expect. It's, it's close. It's tight, tight knit. You get to learn, you, you get to learn to, uh, to love your roommates and, you know, couldn't have asked for anything more. Now coming from Ohio, did you go blind? Did you say, give me a roommate, whoever I get? Uh, did you room with a basketball manager, a basketball player, or did you just say, let's roll the dice and whoever I get, I get. Um, so I, I did the, uh, I did the Facebook thing. Like a lot of people do, they go on the admitted students group chats. Um, you look, you know, you look for someone, you look for someone, you know, similar interests in that. And actually as part of the honors college, you had to live with honors kids. So that kind of, that kind of windled down your selection there. But yeah, I did that and I found one roommate. Um, we lived in quad. So I had two more that were random. And then the one that I found on Facebook, actually, I still live with this to this day. He's become one of my best friends here. So, you know, that kind of worked out for me. So if you're the quad towers, I believe that's between the dorms. That's all on the South campus, correct? No, it was North. I lived in Taylor tower, which is up on North campus, but they had, you know, just the way the rooms worked out, there was four person rooms. All right. And the experience, I'm going to let you kind of go through it because I can talk about the RPAC. I could talk about the Jesse Owens North, or I could talk sure. about the green area. Kind of tell me your favorite parts of the campus. And if someone's listening, like, here's why I love the Ohio State. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously campuses, campus is gorgeous. And what 
a big advantage of Ohio State for anyone listening is that being so big, it's got something for everyone, right? So it's got it's got three gyms, like you mentioned. The R Pack is is beautiful, gorgeous. But then on top of that, you've got you know you've got the North the North Rack, Jo North, Jo South. You've got a ton of gyms everywhere. So there's a convenience factor to being so big, and that it just has so many raw facilities. As far as other amenities on campus, I mean, the live obviously the libraries too. Same thing where there's just so many of them. You have so many choices just because of how big it is that it makes it convenient for everyone. And, you know, every library kind of has their own personality. Like 18th library is, uh, it's 24 hours. So we always joke, like if you have to move from Thompson, which Thompson is the main library, if you have to move from Thompson to 18th library past midnight, you're not having a good night. So <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how often are you hanging out at the uh, Thompson library or, or, or which library are you hanging out? I Thompson Library was my go-to for freshman and sophomore year, just because the dorms were kind of chaotic. Um, you know, always something going on, a lot of noise, so it was it was just easier to study there, for the most part. But as I've moved into uh, being a junior and senior, you know, you get your own apartment. You know, you have kind of a more private room, a little more, a little more peace and quiet. So I do a lot more studying back at home now. Let me ask you this, because obviously you're coming in. As an honor student, academically, you're smart, intelligent. I know a lot of smart and intelligent students from high school that go to college and work hard, play hard. They're out socially. They're out drinking. Uh, maybe they're drinking and partying a lot their freshman and sophomore years. But then they transition. Something like either clicks, and then by the time they're a junior and a senior, they start getting serious like, uh-oh, shit. I'm like <laughs> going to be graduating. The real world starting. Um, I kind of see that with some of the people I know won't mention any names um, out there, but <laughs> did you see that with yourself? I mean, obviously you had basketball to balance with, but kind of right. walk me through your experience in someone that might be listening and say, you know what? I'm going to go in freshman. I'm going to hit it hard, study hard, work hard, but I'm going to play hard too. Right. Well, I think that some of that is just kind of a natural inclination of where you are in life, you know, freshman year, sophomore year, all you kind of have going on is just, oh, I'm on campus, you know, I'm away from home the first time. For some people, they, they never really got the chance to drink in high school. So that's something that they're really eager to do and that they're going to kind of explore that pathway a little bit. But then, you know, you get more, you've done it a couple of times, then you get up to being a junior, senior, you're starting to look at jobs, you're starting to look at grad school, you know, there's other things that kind of start to take priority. I don't want to say priority in your life, but there's things that are on your mind. But I wouldn't necessarily say that that goes away for juniors and seniors. Um, I mean, you know, all my upperclassmen friends I know are still out enjoying themselves on the weekend. So it wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it goes away so much as you find a better spot on the ladder for it, if you want to say that. Right. And I, and I think about your priorities and then you're just shifting. You're right. Maybe like right. you're not hanging out at the fraternity houses or you're going to the underage bars like so for example when you were a freshman sophomores was tuna letting people in under 21 with fake ids um yeah well it's kind of hit or miss um it's kind of hit or miss with what bar you go to there's bars that are you know there's bars that are known for letting underclassmen in and there's bars that are known for you know if you give them a fake id they're going to take it and never get it back so kind of just finding the balance between where to go when to go there how to act when you do go there I would say constitutes a majority of it. 
So if you're a freshman, sophomore, what bars, without me naming them, because I got three off the top of my head that I'm going to see if we can concur on them, uh, it stays consistent with the Ohio State student. What uh, Freshman, sophomore, what bars do we want to go to? Well, I don't want to incriminate any bars here, so I'll just speak in hypotheticals. But if I were a freshman or sophomore at campus and I was looking to get in somewhere with a fake ID, um, you have a pretty good shot at Midway. Um, Tuna is going to depend on the night. Don't go to outer and you'll, you know, you'll take your chances at threes. Speaking of course, as hypotheticals. Absolutely. We love hypotheticals, Michael. <laughs> I was going to say midway because that's a, a very, very popular bar with a lot of my former guests. Yes. What about big bar and sky bar? Um, again, in hypotheticals, I think that, you know, as long as you know, your address be in decent shape. I like it. All right. So let's go this. Let's go this route. You've been there for four years. On campus, what's your favorite place to eat? Lunchtime, just want to go grab a bite. Maybe before practice, where are we eating? Um, Well, I mean, Ohio State has great dining facilities. So, I mean, between Woody's and Marketplace and, you know, there's a lot of good places to get food on campus. But then off campus, I, I, I wouldn't say I eat too much off campus. So if I'm going for something, it's usually something easy like Chipotle or something to that effect. Now, do you get to take advantage of the athletes where they get to eat too? Yeah. Like I, like I kind of talked about earlier with the perks of, um, the perks of basketball is that we have, you know, catered dinner after every practice. So uh, when you're a freshman and sophomore, you're less inclined to take, you know, take up on that because you have your dining plans, you have your meal plans, whatever. But then as a junior and senior, when it's either, Oh, well, I'm going to, I'm, you know, you know, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have this meal or I'm going to go cook for myself. The, I'm taking the, the meal. Usually ends up being, <laughs> yeah. Usually ends up being better than whatever I could cook for myself. So I would say I have dinner at basketball more nights than not. Okay. So when you're not getting fed by the basketball team or, right. you know, uh, let's just say your parents are in town. Let's say the Damos are in town. Where, 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 right. where are they take, where are you taking them? Where do you want them to take you to dinner? Well, our favorite little spot's a place called the Rusty Bucket. It's a, uh, it's a local chain that got 10 or 12 establishments down here and, you know, it's, it's really awesome food, awesome food, kind of like the, uh, I don't want to say bar food, but a little bit more upscale bar food, which is right up my alley, you know, a nice burger, nice greasy burger, some fries. So that's where, that's where we usually go. They were actually, my parents were just down. It was our senior night on Sunday. So uh, they brought the family down. We did that. And then we went to the rusty bucket actually. So I couldn't, I couldn't offer any other specific places, but I do know that, you know, in short North or close to campus, and that's the this is the perk of being in Columbus, being in a major city, is there is just a ton of choices. So whatever kind of food you like, seafood, you know, uh, bar food, Chinese, whatever, you name it, there's they've got it for you. So that's a, that's just a perk of being in not only in Ohio State, but in the city of Columbus. Have you ever been to Marcello's or the Pearl? No, I haven't, but I've heard great things. I've heard about I've heard my friends go on dates there. I've heard on people bringing their parents there, the whole nine yards. And I've heard, I've heard nothing but great things about Marcellos. You talked about Saturday senior night. And as a student manager, I love watching senior night. And I love when they're giving love to the student managers because no one really truly knows the meaning and how valuable and important they are. I was just at Long Beach State's um, basketball meeting yesterday. We brought some alumni in. And they're talking to the, you know, the graduate assistants and the student managers. And they're like, they are just as important 
as every one of these players on the team. So that senior night, what did that feel like? Well, yeah, it's, it's certainly very rewarding. I mean, as a student manager, you're, you're kind of in the shadows, um, for the majority of your time. And I like it that way. Don't get me wrong, but you know, to have that one moment where you walk out, you know, coach hands you the Jersey, you shake hands. He says, thanks for everything you've done. You go out into mid court, get your picture taken by so many photographers. You don't know what to do with it. It is rewarding for sure. But I think the natural inclination of a student manager is to kind of be okay without that spotlight. And that's certainly, that's certainly how I've been for the last couple of years, but it is nice to have a moment. Coach Holtman. What's the one thing. This is Chris Holtman. Uh, by the way, yes. uh, at Ohio State, for those of you listening, Sam, just not, I'm talking basketball lingo. I'm expecting people are going to know who I'm talking about. What's the one thing that you picked up and learned from him uh, that will carry on the rest of your life? Well, I think he's, he's just a great leader, um, whether it's, you know, talking to a walk on or to, you know, EJ Liddell. He knows how he knows how to kind of get on everyone and get the best out of them. So he's a great leader. And it's not just Coach Holman, but the assistants, you know, Jake Dealer, Ryan Peden, Tony Scan, all the other assistants we've had in the past. They're all great leaders and just having the opportunity to learn from them, their different kind of intricacies is it's been an honor. You're gonna graduate this May and you wanna to go to Correct. law school. So that whole process almost starts over again. What are some of the law schools you're looking into? Correct. Well, yeah, we, we talked about the high school admissions process um a couple minutes ago. And law school for me has really been a neat chance to kind of take the lessons I learned and go back at it. So, you know, I had applied to a couple of different schools. I kind of had a better sense of safeties, reaches, kind of targeted schools. I applied to Ohio State and was accepted. I was I applied to Villanova, was accepted, uh, Minnesota, Florida. And then I'm waiting to hear back from a couple other schools. I haven't heard back from Notre Dame or Vanderbilt. Would Notre Dame and Vanderbilt be the law school, like the reach law schools? Not necessarily. Um, I I'm, I did very well on my outside. I scored 169, which for those of you who don't know, is a 96 percentile score. So I did very well, and then I have a a 3.8 GPA on top of that. So I'm a very qualified applicant. Besides, I, I would I shouldn't say that because there are schools that are reaches for me. You know, Harvard, Yale, Stanford, Chicago. Those you know those kind of top top tier schools, but there's no schools for me that are really a reach reach to where I have no chance. So I, I, I put Notre Dame and Vanderbilt in my target category. Notre Dame's LSAT meeting was a 168 point below where I was. Um, I believe I was right at their median GPA. Vanderbilt, I believe, was a 169. So I'm right at their median. Um, so kind of just kind of just targets kind of right where I'm at, where there's worlds where I get in. There's worlds where I don't get in. There's worlds where I get waitlisted. So that's why you kind of just pick a couple that you like because you know, there's going to be some fluctuations. So you just, you hope that one bounces your way and then grab onto the sales of life. And Michael, you, you, this is a great podcast because you're talking not only about your experience at Ohio state, what it took to get there, being a student manager, but now as even my daughter, who's a junior, she's looking at law school from university of Washington right. and, and getting into that. All right. It, talking about the tiers, right? So you scored a 169, and, and you're right. right. You're not at that top. Ivy League, Yale, Harvard, where actually you right. might have to pay. 169 is going to get you money somewhere. Right. And that's kind of the interesting thing about law school that's different from undergrad is in law school, you kind of have some ability to negotiate scholarships, actually. So that was learning that process was kind of really difficult for me because it was so foreign. But you have the opportunity to say, 
So I, I got I got a full ride to Villanova. So if I wanted to take that full ride from Villanova and come to Ohio State and say, hey, like I got this full ride, you didn't offer me quite as much. Like, can you get that up? Um, right. You have the ability to do that, which is so different from undergrad. And then so playing that game is, you know, you have to play the game of where am I going to get in? But you also have to play the game of where am I going to get money? Because you might get accepted into a higher ranked school. But if they can't give you the money that a lower ranked school can, then, well, you kind of have to start weighing the option of, you know, is this going to make me more money? Is it going to be, you know, is the ROI going to work out? And so that's been kind of so interesting for me to to really dive into. And, you know, now that some decisions have started coming in either way. That's kind of been where I've where I've started to turn my attention to. And it, it is just so fascinating, to be quite honest. Well, that's a whole we can have a whole nother conversation that specifically focus on getting into law school because I have another friend that has a student and he's going through that same process. He's taking the LSAT his third time and he's looking for, yes. uh, he's looking at that second level call our law school so he can get money. Right. right. And I never knew that existed. So, um, that's a great insight, great Intel. Let me ask you this. If, if there was something to share uh, and let's go, uh, with the whole, I'm going to take it two parts from high school to college. And then okay. now from your senior going into law school, like what advice, what advice would you give to a student? What advice would you give to a parent if you had to do it all over again? Yeah, well, um, that's, I mean, and obviously there's, there's easy things because, you know, myself in high school, obviously in my test scores, you know, I was a very smart kid, but I didn't always take school the most seriously, which was kind of reflected in that GPA a little bit. So my advice to high schoolers would just be like, you know, it matters so much. It might not seem like that spelling test matters, but it matters so much in a couple of years down the line when you're a senior and you're applying. Um, but then as far as once you get to college, I think one piece of advice that that I heard and that I absolutely just love was just never say no to anything. You know, your friends want to go do something. Yeah, sure. I'm in. Or should I apply to this place? Well, they're probably not going to let me in. Eh do it anyways, you know, to just never say no, just let, let life, let life take you where it goes and kind of just accept the fact that you're there for the ride to some degree. Michael's giving great advice. Uh, you know, uh, the student manager is my podcast right now. We're going to roll out another special, uh, breaking news. That's right. I, I've been saying this all along 2022. We're going to be having the hiring manager come out soon, uh, because people like yourself, I'm interviewing all these guests that are in college, right? But eventually they graduate and then they're stuck and they're like, how am I going to get a job? How am I going to go to law school? How do I interview? How do I recruit? How do I go find a company? So you're kind of giving some good insight right now on just that, that law school, that LSAT, because I'm right. sure uh, after this May and uh, wherever you go, I'm going to probably have you jump on my podcast again and, and, and we'll talk about that. But in the meantime, You've been listening to Michael Adamo, fourth year senior manager at The Ohio State, headed to Indianapolis for the Big Ten tournament matchup either between Minnesota or Penn State. Michael, how far is the Buckeyes? How far are the Buckeyes going to advance in the Big Ten tournament? Are we getting to the championship game or not? We're winning it all. We're winning it all. No other answer. 
All right, so Adamo, and I told you this, last time I had the Baylor student manager on last year, I talked to him about March Madness, and he goes, we're going to win this whole thing, and guess what? They yeah. won the whole thing, and I brought him back on. I, 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 I said, just video film me some short clip that I can put on my social media. So you heard it. <laughs> Michael Adamo says they're going to win the Big Ten tournament. That means you might have to go through, if you are the sixth seed, will you be lined up in Wisconsin's bracket? Yeah, we'll play um, the winner of Minnesota and Penn State in our first game um and then we if we win that we'll face purdue who we played and we played a fabulous game against we came out of the wrong side of it but we we played a great game against them in Mackey arena not too long ago and then if we were to win that and if all the higher seeds were to go through we play wisconsin as the two seed and then illinois is the one seed or iowa um iowa and Rutgers out of the four five spot and you know these are all teams that we we went out and competed against in the regular season so with the amount of talent we have on our team, um, I see no reason why why we couldn't go out and win the whole thing. They have EJ Liddell, a All-American, and 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 Justice Suing injured. I love to bring his name up just because he went to Modern Day High School out here in Southern California, yes. so people know who Justin is. How's he doing? Yeah, he's good. He's working hard. He's rehabbing. Um, yeah, he works hard every day. So, but between EJ and then Malachi Branham, just won Big Ten Freshman of the Year this year. Um, he won Big Ten Freshman of the Year this this year, in addition to third team All Big Ten, I want to say, and then a lot of veterans surrounding those guys between Zed Key, Justin R, and Samari Wheeler, the rest of the guys. Um, we got we got a lot of talent, so I like our chances in any game, which means I like our chances to win this whole thing on Sunday. All right, so now let's go fast forward. March Madness NCAA tournament. Based off of region, how far are we getting to? Sweet 16, Elite 8, or are you going to even go further? Or are you going to get bounced? No, we, <laughs> no, stop that. Um, you know, I think this team is this team is very hungry after last year. Obviously, last year, the heartbreaking loss in the uh, 215 game to Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts yep. So I think, yes, I think a, lo you know, a lot of those guys are back from last year. They're hungry. They know what it takes. Um, and like I said, we have a ton of talent. So I see us winning a lot of games. Well, I look forward to following you. Let's keep in touch. Thank you for joining the episode, the student manager yeah. helping high school students and parents with the college search and admission process by giving your real raw experiences and stories. We didn't even, you know, you you told you touched on different things than my other guests from Ohio State because, um, you know, you're part of the basketball team and no one really needs to hear about game day, which we can probably get into some other time because you have a different game day, right, with your basketball. But I liked you talking about the transition and then the LSAT, because I think people need to hear that too, especially if you're a college student going, okay, I'm going to be a poli sci major, but then what, what's right. next? And and don't wait too, 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 too long. So. Right. And if I could give one quick piece of advice, yes. you can't start studying for the LSAT soon enough. If that's the path you're going down, you can't start soon enough. I need to give that to my daughter who's like getting ready for, <laughs> and she's only a junior. So, and she's starting yeah. that process now, but she, you're right. You can't wait until your senior year. <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, and like you said, she's a junior. I had actually started studying the second half of my junior year. I took it. I took the test in June after. And so I had started studying in you know February while classes were still going on. And then as classes ended, that was when I kind of started to devote myself full time to studying in April or so. But just start early. I would tell her start right now. You know, obviously with a full class load, you're not going to be able to ramp up to where you're going to be towards the end but you can start now you can start to learn the basics and i think that every minute of, every minute of practice helps
Great advice, Michael. Thank you for joining. Good luck this weekend in Indianapolis, and I will be in touch with you. For the student manager, Fonger News is out. Thank you, and I appreciate you having me. Go Bucks.